0: Real Talk listeners, we are back finishing this mini-series. Michelle, we have been talking about quiet quitting, quiet firing. What the hell is this shit that we've been talking about? I mean, there's just a lot going on with the world right now.
1: There is a lot going on in the workforce right now, and it is exciting and scary, depending on your point of view. What we're finding is that, okay, so guys, you know as well as we do that Marie and I both are not fans of buzz things. And when I say buzz things, I mean like phrases like quiet quitting and actual age and stuff like that. The buzz phrase aside, these are concepts that have existed in the workforce since the dawn of time. There has always been that person who performs at the bare minimum without getting fired. Sure. And there's always been that one person who will argue, you don't pay me to do that job. You pay me to do this job, so I'm not doing those things. And that's ultimately what those two phrases mean, right, that we've talked about already. So what we're seeing since the great resignation, another buzzword, basically that's our way of saying employees got tired of the situations that they were working in for various reasons and decided to take matters into their own hand. And Maria and I have talked about the fact that the global pandemic that we call COVID-19, if you're listening to this 10 years from now, it's going to sound crazy, but during this global pandemic and lockdown all around the world, and then you throw on top of that in the United States a significant amount of social unrest due to social injustices, and then you add to it shortages Around the world, and then continue to pile onto that with wars <laughs> being added. Even if they are amongst one or two countries, people are living through some pretty extreme conditions. And because of that, it's forced people to have to be able to sit in their lives, and in some cases, sit in their house by themselves in the lives that they've created. And a lot of people have decided that it is no longer the life they want to create or live. As a result of that, we saw the great resignation. And while again, it's a buzz phrase, I'm sure it makes a lot of you guys crazy as well. The reality is the culmination of all those events in the world Created a situation where employees felt comfortable walking away.
0: I think they felt comfortable walking away. They felt comfortable in some cases speaking up. I do still feel like there is the fear of retaliation when people decide to go to HR, which I know we have a whole discussion separately on that to talk about. But I think there has been such controversial conversation as to where employees can go next because they are walking away from organizations that don't meet each one of their checkboxes, right. of their ethics, their morals, their values, and what they actually truly want to accomplish.
1: We are expecting more from life. Now, that opens up, like I said earlier, It's exciting and scary. So, it's exciting because opportunities are popping up around the world. It is scary because there are lots of really talented people looking for jobs right now. So, it's possible that you have got quite a few people that you're competing against, but we're also seeing that scary piece of businesses. Struggling to find a way to discourage people from leaving. And it could be anything from, you have to return a signing bonus if you don't stay for X amount of time after. Oh, yeah. Stay bonuses are not a new concept, but they're being used more frequently. Recently, we read an article about a number of organizations who are pitching the idea of asking employees to pay back a certain percentage of
0: their training budget.
1: Their training. Is that the Maria? (laughs) (laughs) Help me here. Is that the craziest thing you've ever heard? It is crazy. I mean, they are truly
0: asking for that back. At what point are you just going to say it is what it is and move on from it?
1: And I think from an HR perspective, not I think, but I know from my perspective, so I won't speak for everyone in HR, but from my perspective, one of the things that is even more frustrating about the idea of asking an employee to pay back training is organizations for decades have argued with human resource teams and learning and development teams about our overestimate of the cost of training a new hire. We have been calculating the cost of training a new hire for decades, and we get significant pushback. On it's not a realistic number, or that doesn't make sense, or we're going overboard. And yet, now that the organization as a whole is struggling, they want to throw a number on it and ask to be paid back if you don't stay for a certain amount of time.
0: Yeah, nearly 10% of Americans have locked themselves into what they call these traps which is a very interesting acronym. It's called a Training Repayment Agreement Provision. And according to Cornell, the firms that are most popular for providing traps are the trucking industry, the beauty industry, the retail and the healthcare industries. Advocates say that traps prevent skilled workers from seeking new and better paying jobs with these restrictions in place. So you are now like locking people in or else they're going to feel like they're in like a student loan debt situation to you.
1: What's even more interesting, and for now we're not going to go into the legalities yeah. of the trap, if you will. There are definitely some legalities that are humorous in this process. What we do want to talk about is as an organization, what you're doing to yourself. You are in fact making the problem worse. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard this when it happens a lot in personal relationships, Maria, you know, where you say something to a significant other that doesn't come out right. Have you ever had somebody say something to you that felt like a backhanded comment or something? Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. And then you try to rephrase it to make up for it. Yeah. Have you ever heard the phrase? You're just digging the hole deeper. Correct. Guess what organizations are doing?
0: Digging the hole deeper. You're
1: digging the hole deeper. They're already disengaged. They're already frustrated at the belief that they can't change their environment. They are already stressed out because they don't see development opportunities in their near future. They're already... Overwhelmed in their life, forget just their work, but in life as life in general. And now you're going to continue to perpetuate the problem by making their work environments even more ridiculous than they were before.
0: Why are we blaming this all on the employer?
1: Well, in this particular example, the employer is driving the problem. Mm, okay. Interesting. Tell me more.
0: I'm sure someone in HR or at a company, an owner at a company or an executive is listening to us right now. And they're like, how do you know? What if our workers are just underperformers? And I hate when they say an underperformer is a quiet quitter.
1: There is a difference. We talked about there that. last time, remember?
0: Right. But there's still people that correlate that. But it's interesting because... There was for so long this employer market. Yes. The way that I see the employer market, is kind of like the housing industry. So there's like this big, giant bubble and everybody runs into it. And we just had that bubble. And now we're going into a recession. We had an employee's market. We're going into a recession. There's a lot of layoffs. But it doesn't actually in this scenario change the fact that, yeah, we're going back into an employer's market, but the employees are still going to want things that matter to them in the workplace or they
1: are willing to walk. You know, it's more challenging than willing to walk. And trust me, the numbers speak for me. I don't even have to say this. Clearly, they're willing to walk. Look at your turnover. Clearly, they are willing to walk. But it's not even just that more and more we're hearing about unionization in industries that have historically not been unionized.
0: Funny you say that, Michelle, because recently, as recent as just this week in October of 2022, we saw the second Apple location unionized. You know how big that is?
1: Huge, huge. And I did want to stop for just a second. And I, you know, before we really dig into this a little bit more, I want to talk about the fact that national labor relations and unionization as a whole was designed in this country for really, really good reasons. Mm-hmm. It was created and implemented at a time where workers were not just injured, but likely killed On the job, there were no safety considerations. Did not matter how long you were asked to work, if you were given breaks, you could work regardless of your age, as long as you could do the job. And it was really a time of indentured servitude to a a bit of a way of looking at it. So the idea behind the National Labor Relations Act was to ensure that employees. Maintained a level of safety and responsibility around the people that work for them. And if you are in, oh Lord, any industry like hospital, I mean think about hospitals and automotive, automotive industry or in transportation, think about the possible consequences. And in this country, unfortunately. It is a reality and there are probably statistics that support it. Think about the consequences of, you know, a doctor that works 24, 36, 48 hours without having a significant break between their patients. And again, this isn't so far removed in our country that we can't remember it or even a truck driver who is expected to drive an 18-hour load with no stops in between because of their timeline and the possible consequences of those sorts of actions. Obviously, the uh, the National Labor Relations Act was created for a really great reason, but we have not historically, in my lifetime, seen industries like retail be unionized.
0: I mean, it's interesting because they're out there, right? The NLRB is kind of focused on obviously maintaining memberships and maintaining their support and initiatives. I think there are obvious, this is not for us to talk about the NLRA and the NLRB, but I think there's advantages and disadvantages. What I will say is at the end of the day, when you're taking a look at things like retail... There are so many things preventatively that you could have done as a corporation to prevent this. People are not just, let's say in retail, determining to unionize because they want to work from home. That's not going to pass if you're sitting there going through the entire unionization process and meeting and doing all of that. I mean, I've been in enough sessions with the team to know that you're not necessarily going to be supported in some of those decisions like oh i want to work from home companies like apple are going to look at them and be like we have a storefront like that's not going to pass this meeting but you can go ahead and throw it on the table for just pure entertainment like
1: <laughs> you're not going to be able to demo the newest macbook yeah if you were at your house right
0: I mean, at the end of the day, it's interesting dynamics when you're seeing Starbucks and the Amazons and the Apples of the world getting unionized because at the end of the day, a lot of that's preventative, but you're not listening to your employees.
1: So they have taken measures into
0: their own hands.
1: To find someone that can be the go-between to be their voice. Correct. But it also doesn't always work out like that. I, I think there are times when... Even employees don't understand the complexities involved. So as a leader in a union situation, you are tying my hands as it relates to interaction and correcting performance. Oh, for sure. You're tying my hands when it comes to listening to challenges or obstacles that are getting in your way. What you're doing is adding a layer to that conversation.
0: You're adding a middleman and a mouthpiece and a bottleneck to the entire situation. And granted, more organizations actually have to hire people that are specialized in labor relations. So it costs them more money. So what do you think they're going to do? They're not going to financially be able to put the efforts and resources into increasing your financial freedom that you're seeking. I mean, Michelle, I feel like we can get on a soapbox and do an entire episode on the NLRB and the NLRA. But I think what's truly... I mean, obviously, if you're listening to us, we find there's more freedom in not leveraging these avenues. But I feel like employers are truly putting themselves into this situation and navigating this themselves in a way where they're not listening to the right individuals. I can tell you for a fact, most of your HR department, this is not on most of the HR department. Now, if you have an HR leader in your organization and they're conducting the right steps and processes and surveys and really going out to the employees and having conversations about what's going on in the organization, and they are refusing to implement the change, then yes, the problem's in your HR department. But if HR has brought these items as areas of opportunities and attention to you as they've been coming up or in surveys and assessments, and you select not to do anything because of the financial constraints or risks to your organization, you have created this problem for yourself and now it's going to cost you more money. Like boom, mic drop.
1: You nailed it. Earlier, you guys know that I am on this podcast, I'm famous for saying all roads lead to the leader. In this case, I'm going to tell you that all roads lead to your leaders and the heads of your company, Mm -hmm. for sure. I can remember, I've been in the workforce for many, many years, and I can remember a pretty significant change in the workforce where we went from manager's sole job being to tell you what to do. In fact, and I've talked about it on a podcast before. I had a boss who had a sign that said that he was always right. <laughs> and when he was wrong to remember the first rule, there was no conversation with him. You did your job, you did your job, and you didn't have a job. And I can remember the shift when we started talking about what it meant to inspire people and to develop people and that that was ultimately a much more successful way to get your team on board than to try to shove them into doing a job, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can remember that kind of shift in that situation. And you've nailed it when you said all roads lead to the leader, because if we were having the conversations, if we were truly implementing open door policies where real problems are allowed to be reported and corrected, then we would not have this issue. I find that it has become super convenient and it's honestly incredibly frustrating to hear people in the workforce say things like, this newer generation just doesn't want to work. They just don't show up and give The way other generations have, it is the most frustrating thing to hear in the world because they believe that they haven't done the research. They heard it on some article or from a friend who had a friend whose son refused to get a job and now they're applying it to an entire generation. And that's not the problem, guys. It's not that people aren't willing to work or there there will always be people who are not willing to work or don't want to work. Always. Doesn't matter the generation. Sure. But I'm afraid the culture has shifted and people are willing to work in a way that works for their life. They are no longer willing to work in one way. And as long as you continue to be an organization that works in one way then it is going to be very hard for you to employ people from five different generations of workforce.
0: I can go directly into a company and within probably about one to two weeks, depending on how small the organization is, I can figure out very quickly if they're going to be able to unionize the organization or if they're at risk to unionize. I can also figure out where the problems are And I can immediately determine where their employee engagement and satisfaction scores would come in. And so, yes, you can also identify who the people are, like you said, who don't want to work, but it's every generation. I feel like we're picking on Gen Z. At the end of the day, let's check out the welfare account and the freaking unemployment and let's see who's been biting and eating at that shit forever. Mm. (laughs)
1: I think that's really what we have to do. It it becomes easy to go with whatever the safe answer is and to say, well, the root of the problem
0: is quiet quitting or this generation doesn't want to
1: work or
0: quiet whatever. It's like, no.
1: It takes a little bit of work for you to actually look at what's happening in your organization and to create a solution for your situation. That's what we're encouraging you guys to do here. Here's the problem. Most companies don't want to say they have a problem. Ooh,
0: That's a whole nother topic we need to unfold. We will unfold. Oh, yes. Are we sneak peeking? We're sneak peeking. peeking.
1: Guys, you can hear a lot from us about how to unpack the problems, but we are going to tell you straight up on this podcast, it's called Real Talk for a reason. I am not going to put sugar in your medicine for you. Sorry about your luck. Sometimes you got to hear the truth. Nobody wants to call their baby ugly. Some babies are not attractive.
0: <laughs> well, Michelle, any
1: closing words on this? Yes. Yeah, so guys, keep listening. We actually have some really good podcasts to finish out this year where we are going to focus on tactical things that can help you as an organization, as well as our individuals out there who are just looking for better lives for themselves and their families.
0: I love it. I'm super excited for our next two speakers that are coming on. So listen up to these next two podcasts. We also have a couple of other individuals and in the next several podcasts, we're going to talk a little bit more of this mic drop that we're about to land on everybody with our new entire season coming up. So excited about 2023. So excited about 2023. Let's get out of the pandemic and let's get into some people's shoes. Done. All right. Until next time, take care, Real Talk listeners. Bye.